You're listening to Satellite Sisters. What's a Satellite Sister? The person you call when the best thing in your life happens or the worst. The person that gets you up, gets you going, and gets you through. And every once in a while, changes your mind. This podcast is part pep talk, part weekly check-in. Like grabbing coffee with a friend. Thanks for being here. Welcome to the Satellite Sisterhood. You're listening to Satellite Sisters. Thanks for being with us today. I'm Leanne Dolan in Los Angeles. I'm a writer and a podcaster. I'm a mom of two, and I live in Pasadena, California, and I'm very happy to be here today, Liz. Yes, we're happy to have you here today. I'm Liz Dolan. I'm the middle sister. I'm here with Leanne at the Wondery Sunset Studio in West Hollywood, California, but I live in Santa Monica, California, so the other direction from where Leanne lives. I'm a marketer, a podcaster, and a dog lover. (laughs) That sounds good. This is Julie Dolan in Dallas, Texas. I'm the oldest sister, and I've lived and worked in some pretty unusual places around the world. Um, But I'm here in Dallas now, and I'm an empty nester. An urban nana is my official title. Uh, I have five grandchildren. Uh, They're all in cities, and so I spend a lot of time with them, which I like. (laughs) And I'm really happy to be here today. Okay, well, today we are going to do something we have never done before at Satellite Sisters, and we've been doing this a long time, people, (laughs) for those of you who are long-time listeners, but uh, we have an important story to share with you, so we are going to devote this entire episode uh, to one story, all three segments, and we've got bad news, good news, and important news, so follow along, please, stay with us. Uh, And we want to ask you to share this story with your own satellite sisters and misters. And you'll see why in a few minutes. You know, our motto has always been, not every conversation will change your life, but any conversation can. And not to overtout today or anything, but today's (laughs) today's conversation could really be one of those. It could be a life changer. It could even be a life saver. And, you know, Leanne, this is really your story to share. So Julie and I will chime in as appropriate, but let's just dive in, shall we? Sure, let's do it. So I'm Leanne. For those of you who are new to the show, Leanne Dolan. I'm 54. I'm a female. I have a couple of kids. And in general, I have been in good health most of my life. Super health. Do I have good years and bad Mm -hmm. years? Sure. Does my (laughs) weight go up and down? Yeah, whatever. Do I try to eat healthy like 80% of the time? Yeah. Yeah. Do I eat ice cream? Sure, I do. (laughs) You Uh, actually grow some of your own food. I grow my own kale, Liz. (laughs) And it's important to this story because in August, I was diagnosed with colon cancer. And that was a shocker to me. Mm -hmm. So today we're going to talk about that. We're going to talk about the diagnosis. We're going to talk about what I experienced physically and emotionally. We're going to talk about the surgery I went through and the recovery and the outcome. I don't want to leave people hanging because it does have a pretty good ending. I have a very good prognosis. So here is the short story of what happened. And then we're going to break down some of these things. In August, I had a colonoscopy. I was a reluctant participation in the colonoscopy participant, but Mm -hmm. I went, I got it done. I did the prep, no problem. And then I was shocked when a week later the biopsy came back. They had removed a polyp. The gastro thought it was fine. The biopsy came back. It was cancer. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Then I had a series of appointments that if you've ever been in the world of oncology, you know what those appointments are, CAT scan, surgeon, you know, pre op Is it all just terrifying? Yeah. I mean, it is. Yeah, I'll get to that. Yeah, Yeah, I'll get to, like, it gets increasingly terrifying, but yeah. And the best course of action for me was surgery to remove about 10 inches of my right colon 
mm-hmm. and the surrounding lymph nodes. Mm-hmm. Who who knew, Liz? They were lymph nodes. <laughs> okay, no. I Julia, didn't know there was a right and a left colon. Yeah. So, so again, we're very much same with me. We <laughs> are not experts. We're just sisters. <laughs> we're gonna get to all of that. So many surprises over the last three months in your own body. In my own body. Uh, I had the surgery a month ago. A very skilled surgeon took out the right side of my colon, pieced me back together, hooked up the the healthy part of my colon to the transverse colon. And then uh, I have been in recovery. But the best news is they did pathology on the part of the colon they took out in the lymph nodes, and I am cancer-free. There was no further cancer. Oh, my God. And That I, was so such crazy. good news when you got that. I I can't even tell you. Just the relief was overwhelming. But so there's no follow-up treatment for me. I don't need chemo and I don't need radiation, which are all courses of action if the cancer has spread or is deeper in the colon or has metastasized to Mm -hmm. other organs. Mm -hmm. For me, it was a surgical solution. So for right now, I am cancer-free. My prognosis is very good. Is it 100% I'm going to live the rest of my life great? No. Mm. So anything less than 100%... (laughs) Yeah, great. Uh, yeah, yeah. Is is a worry. It's a worry. But, sure. Um, yeah. But I was diagnosed with essentially stage one cancer, and so I'm going to tell you now what happens after after this, and we'll get to that later okay. on in the show. But I thought we'd just take this step by step because yes. each p- piece of it was pretty important, particularly getting that darn colonoscopy. And I just am doing this show because I want people to do that if they were like me. Mm-hmm. But first mm-hmm. of all. I would like to give a medical disclaimer. I, I think I've proven I'm not a doctor already. <laughs> yes. Many, I think many we, times, Liam. Yeah. <laughs> over years of satellite sisters, yeah. I think we've all proven that. We would endorse no. that position. Do yeah. not take medical advice from Leon Dolan. Yeah. Yes. I mean, it's more that I, you know, I if you have questions about your particular situation, you should talk to your doctor. Yes. Don't listen to me and go, well, Leon didn't say X, Y, and Z. Yeah. Please. I'm not a doctor. Uh, I'm also not a cancer expert. I'm not even an expert on my own cancer and right. because it's really a learning experience. And there's a good part of it where you're in denial and you're just going step by step. And I can't I have not been through the gauntlet like many other cancer patients have after years of treatment. They can quote studies and things like that. That is not me. I okay. went from point A to point B. So so as we say here on Satellite Sisters, no follow-up questions. No. Well, I w- if you have follow-up questions, you know where you should go, Liz? The American Cancer Society website. Got and it. that, go to trusted places on the web. Uh, you know, don't go to, like, people's personal blogs or their Instagram posts. Yeah. Do not do that because that's bad news. I went there. But go to the American Cancer Society if you have questions. Also, over at our website, we're going to have some resources specifically for colon cancer and colorectal cancer. So that's important. Mm -hmm. Just if you have questions. Leanne, that is solid advice. Yes, it's solid (laughs) advice. Thank you. All right. So why I'm talking about it, because I dragged my feet on this colonoscopy. I'm 54. Screening Mm -hmm. usually happens at 50. Mm -hmm. And you know what I was freaked out by? The the anesthesia, you know, really? yeah, a oh, lot. Okay, not the prep because no. most people that it's the prep that puts them off. Yeah. yeah, I mean, to prep to me always seemed like a fine weight loss opportunity. <laughs> and seriously, and living in Los Angeles where they sell colonics, like that's a treatment. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it wasn't that; it was the anesthesia. Because about 15 years ago, I read an article in a paper about somebody who. Got anesthesia from a dentist and never came, woke up. And oh, that really? was all it took for me to That's have an irrational fear 
of anesthesia. It's oh. stupid now when I say it out loud, but it was real. So I just dragged my feet on this. And then we changed health insurance and we changed doctors. So, uh, you know, the next thing I know, it's been a couple of years. I haven't gotten it. And then honestly, this is also not medically sound, but I have seven older siblings. Yes. You are the youngest of eight. Four sisters, three brothers. None of you had had bad colonoscopies. I thought I'm fine. Okay. That is very unsound. That is the worst. (laughs) Yes. It's that so, is so unsound. Yes. Rationale yep. thinking I've ever heard. Yep. Because right. we do have colon cancer in the family. Our beloved Aunt Virginia yes. died yes. of colon cancer. Yes. Now, again, this is where I'm not a geneticist. Mm-hmm. So, like, my okay. gastro said that's actually not a direct genetic thing. So, oh, I really? don't. Yeah. Okay. So, I don't want to be. I, I don't, okay. Again, I apologize yes. for the misinformation right. already. That and is we're actually, only eight minutes in. Yep, that's just not really how that works, Liz. But that's okay. okay. So, uh, so long story short, I was just dragging my feet, and I was at a college weekend like two years ago with my girlfriends, like six of them. And as women tend to do at the end of the night, we're all just sitting around complaining about medical issues and hormones and menopause and why are our knees going and our shoulders going yeah. and what's happening to our faces and things like that. And I confess that I hadn't had a colonoscopy. And my friend Kara looked at me and she's like, what is wrong with you? Get your act together. And I was Mm. like, oh, wow, she's right. That's kind of my brand. Like, has her act together, you know? (laughs) (laughs) You know what I mean? I mean, other people are kind or thoughtful. I'm just like the person who has their act together. Like That is true. Most other aspects of my life, I got it together. You know, schedules are happening. Projects are moving forward. I'm working. You're a producer, Lan. I'm I'm a producer. I'm calendarizing. I'm scheduling. But I was falling down on the job on this. And as soon as she said that, I'm like, I know, she's right. I have to get my act together. So that meant I had to get a primary. I had to get some blood tests, this and that. And for a year, like every couple of months, Kara would text me with usually a string of poop emojis and just say, have you booked your appointment yet? And finally, I was like, just to shut her up, I'm like, okay, I'm just going to get that stupid colonoscopy because I'm never going to hear the end of this. Yes. And even two weeks before the colonoscopy, I was at an event and we were, my husband and I, we were at lunch with a gastroenterologist. I'm not going to answer a lot of questions because this guy was clearly a crackpot. And he spent the whole lunch trying to talk me out of getting the colonoscopy. Really? That it was a waste of time and money and blah, blah, blah. I, oh, I remember you told me that story. Yeah. And yeah, I yeah. almost... You were thinking of canceling yeah, your appointment. Yeah. yeah. I almost canceled because I was like, that is exactly the sort of advice I needed to switch it off. Yeah. But then I remembered, oh, I'm seeing Karen two weeks at our girls weekend and she will yell at me if I don't get that stupid colonoscopy. See, this is the power of the satellite sisterhood. And this is why I'm doing the show today because this is where I'm going to get choked up. Mm-hmm. And then I'll try to hold it together. Crying but... is also part of your brand, Liam. So don't worry. We know, we know that about you. Because um, when the gastro told me, he said, if you had waited another six months to a year, it would have been a very bad diagnosis. Oh, wow. Very bad. Di- and that, I mean, mm-hmm. that was the only time during the process where I just really broke down in the mm-hmm. doctor's office. And I just thought, I 100% could have waited six months to a year. I Mm -hmm. could have talked myself out of it. That guy almost did. I could have just put it off or said, oh, I'll do it in the new year. Oh, I have to lose five more pounds. I don't Mm -hmm. want to get on the scale before I go to the gastro. Mm -hmm. You know, all the stupid things that we think of. I can't get someone to drive me home because it's actually kind of hard to find someone to take the day off to drive you home. Like, yeah, I totally, totally could have done it. And when he, when the gastro, when we were finally in his office and he was explaining he said, no, this would not have been good. Wow. So 
Okay, Kara. So, yeah, big shout-out to Kara. <laughs> big shout-out. You know. Doing the job. Right. So that was the huge relief. But um, So I got the colonoscopy, and it was fine. I, I had no problem. I, I enjoyed the prep, frankly. It wasn't <laughs> a good deal. You're not sick. You're just... You're just going to the it's bathroom. Just a cleanse. Yeah, it's a cleanse. So, and I left and I felt great. Like at no point before or after the colonoscopy did I feel bad. I felt great. You didn't I, have any symptoms. Yeah. No, I, I was symptom free. And this is where I want to just go. I was symptom free. And uh, I want to explain what the symptoms are. This is the only medical advice I'm going to give. But okay. you can look these up at colon cancer sites blood in your stool or bleeding from the rectum unexplained or unintentional weight loss. That's never happened to me in my life. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Anemia, unexplained fatigue, cramping pain in the lower stomach, a feeling of discomfort or an urge for after a bowel movement when you don't have to have one, a change in your bowel habits, a change in appearance of the stool. Okay. Mm-hmm. Those are the actual signs that should you should call right now. Stop the podcast. Call right now if you're mm-hmm. feeling those. But I didn't have any of that stuff. I just I didn't have any of that stuff. I felt great. They removed a polyp. It was a pretty big polyp. But the gastro who's been doing it for 20 years said, no, it looks benign to me. Just call the office in a week and you'll get the biopsy. Okay. So, oh, yeah. So, and I was like, it's done. Mm-hmm. I had to go to a wedding the next day. I thought I lost a few pounds. It looked good. <laughs> look good. Look good in my dress. It was all good. And uh, I was going to call Friday afternoon. I thought, oh, I'll just wait for Monday. They probably don't have it by now. So I waited till Monday. And when I called Monday afternoon, that's when the nurse said, oh, I'm going to have to have the doctor call you about that. Oh, that's a red flag. It's a really not a thing you want them mm-hmm. to say when you mm-hmm. call for the results of any test. So I. I called my husband. I'm like, I just got something. This was weird. And he's like, okay. Well, he was at a work thing. He was going to be out all night. He's like, okay, well, I'm sure it'll be fine. You know, Mm -hmm. (laughs) you know, Mm -hmm. and could have been just something precancerous, a red flag, something. So they and the nurse did say, but your own doctor is not here. He had to go away in a medical emergency. So the doctor covering him is going to call you. Is that okay? I'm like, yeah, because at that point you just want to know. Yes. So you think in your mind, oh, it doesn't matter. So six hours later, the doctor on call called me, and that was a terrible phone call. He had no information other than I had colon cancer, so he just kept saying, well, this is terrible. I feel awful. This is really bad. I'm sorry I have to tell you this. The polyp was cancerous. Oh, this is terrible. Are you sitting down? It was so vague and so awful. I thought I was dying. I mean, yes. I don't know what else to say. It was a yeah. terrible, terrible phone call. And so without any actual information, I just went to the worst possible place. Of course. Everyone and, would. Yeah. And uh, he said, I, I can see you in my office in a couple of days. And and because you have to get – and he's like, you have to go find an oncologist and a surgeon. I was like, what? Mm. Like you just – what? I don't know how to find a surgeon. <laughs> I, I don't – I know. Right. What? So yeah, you get plunged into this yeah. world, and yeah. you're not familiar at all. No, and with how it, to right. do any of and it. not emotionally prepared at all. So, you know, the next morning it was like 5 a.m. Julie, I think I called you. I didn't sleep all you night. Did. I called you, and I was like, "I'm dying. Like I have colon cancer." That's the only information I had. Was yeah. I have colon cancer? Nothing I, else. And then, I, yeah, and. And then we cried. And then, Liz, you happened to call me Mm -hmm. at like 7 in the morning. Mm -hmm. And I was like, oh, okay, I got to go, Jill. I got to tell Liz. And then we cried. Right, right. I mean, I I just saw the worst case scenario. And then about an hour after I talked to you guys, my gastro called. He was taking care of his mom in Wisconsin. He Mm -hmm. had to go. And he was mad the other guy called me. 
He said, no, 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 no. This is why you have the colonoscopy. We found something. 90% chance I got it out during the colonoscopy. I removed that polyp. 90% chance you are cancer-free now. But there's a 10% margin that you're not, and you're young, and you're healthy, so we should treat this as aggressively as possible so it does not come back. Mm -hmm. He said, here's what I would do if it were my colon which is exactly what you want your doctor to say. Yes. And and the solution was, they kept saying, a surgical solution, was to remove the area of the colon where the, where the polyp had been. They actually tattooed the inside of my colon during the colonoscopy so they knew exactly where the, oh, really? the polyp wow. had been. That's yes. handy. Yeah, it's yeah. handy. Have a tattoo now, Yeah, yeah. Well, now it's gone because they cut it out, Julie. <laughs> they hacked it out. But, uh, yeah, so, and... And he said, I won't be back for 10 days, but meet in my office. I'll run through everything with you. I'll give you all the information. And that was like the weirdest time because I had not enough information. Right. I could, didn't want to tell anybody. I hadn't really understood the diagnosis. I was just gathering information on the surgeons. So I told you guys. And then the only other person I called was my friend Stephanie, who yeah. had been through exactly the same diagnosis nine mm -hmm. months before. Oh, that's she good. was incredibly helpful. I could not yeah. have gone through the whole experience without that. But once I gathered the information, I sat in the gastro's office with my husband. He went over it again. This is what you should do. You're young. You're healthy. Let's do this. It's a standard, you know, standard surgery. They know how to do this. We have excellent surgeons here. These are the surgeons I would recommend. And then I picked my surgeon, and we went into the meeting, and he explained what he was going to do. And that's, Liz, when I learned things like um, the colon is the same as your large intestine. <laughs> Who knew? I think Did you really know that? I Come knew on. It, I knew it in the fifth grade. Yeah. Maybe. <laughs> yeah. I think that's fifth grade health class. Yeah. And I not mean, really that it's not your small intestine. No. It's yeah. And then it all leads into your bowels. And that's sort of all one system. And, you know, it's there's 26 feet of it. So if they take out a foot or something, it's not you a can giant spare it. deal. You can spare it. <laughs> yeah. So part well, of it is amazing. They can do that surgery. It's amazing. You know? And it's amazing that our health care that. We have people that are talented and knowledgeable enough to do that kind of surgery. Yeah. You know, and you yeah. got to be grateful for that because in other parts of the world, A, you wouldn't have had the colonoscopy, and B, they probably couldn't have performed the surgery. Yeah. yeah. Other parts of America, the same yeah. thing yeah. is true. Yeah. So, so even the screenings, the fact that, you know, you're urged to get the screening, right. you're insured for the screening, right. all of those things are really, would you do that if you didn't have insurance that covered that? No. No, you, you probably wouldn't. wouldn't. It's, I've no. thought a lot about access since mm -hmm. the whole thing, access to all kinds of things. So, but prior to meeting with the surgeon, though, I had spoken to our brother, Jim, who is not a doctor, but mm -hmm. plays one in our family, right? <laughs> because he is in the medical field. Mm -hmm. And and he, I had told him I was going to ask, Leon, it's, it's no brainer. It's a procedure, Leon. You're just going to be in and out. It's no big deal. They do them every day. Yeah. And so then I'm sitting in the surgeon's office and he's explaining, like, taking out the foot, the lymph nodes, three hours, the anesthesia. I was like, you know, this sounds like more than a, a procedure. <laughs> a quick in and out. <laughs> I feel like a procedure is like removing skin flaps, not like <laughs> a giant chunk of my colon. But, you know, that's essentially what it was. The doctor performed this laparoscopically. So it's a robotic arm. They make six incisions and then essentially what's like a, you know, a, a bigger incision, like a C-section incision to get the colon out. And this guy does a lot of them. This is his specialty. So I felt like I was in really good shape. That's great. I felt like I was in good shape. I had the information. I was ready to go. 
And then, like, the fact that it was cancer started to bleed into my head. Like, mm. I had all the information lined up. I had a plan. You know, they were very enthusiastic at the surgeon's office. Like, you cannot go home and sit on your couch. You need to get in shape for this surgery. It's five weeks away. You need to do this. You need to keep exercising. You need to eat right. You need to step up your cardio. You know, this Interesting. is— They said, this is your Super Bowl. Or, as my friend Liz said— isn't it your Super Bowl? Really, Lillian? <laughs> Wouldn't it be your Super Bowl? So it's good that you have friends that can make you laugh even yes, in a crisis. Yes. That's important. Yes. So that like distracted me to the point where I was like, okay, I'm just going to go in. I've had this bad colonoscopy and now I'm just going to get it out. Yeah. And then I had to go for the CAT scan. And that's when it all got very real to me. They had said, oh, you, you know, you can drive yourself. But I thought, oh, I'll have Sheila take me. And the morning of the CAT scan, I was a mess. That's our, that's our other middle sister, Sheila. Yes. Right. So uh, the CAT scan is when you have to drink the special liquid and they, and, you know, they take pictures. And in my mind, like, my whole body was going to light up with cancer. Mm -hmm. Like, that's what I feared, right? Mm -hmm. And I went in. And I drank my mixture and I did it and I was there. And as soon as the nurse, the scan nurse said to me, so when were you diagnosed with colon cancer? I was like, what? Is that what I have? Because in my mind, I had been thinking I had a bad colonoscopy. Yeah. yeah. So now I was like, oh, uh, yeah, I guess I have colon cancer. Mm -hmm. And then I had to go for all the pre-op uh, appointments where they do the blood draws and the EKG and then they spend like two or three hours. It was a long appointment taking you through. Here's everything you need to do before. Here's everything you need to stop. Here's what's going to happen in the hospital. He, you know, and if you think the colonoscopy prep is bad, <laughs> where do you have to have your colon jacked up? <laughs> is that prep is really bad. So I got like they're handing me all these. Here's this and here's that. And oh, yeah. And you have to take a pregnancy test the morning of the operation. Oh, right. And I just everything started to get very real. I just I did not really understand what was happening until that moment. And mm -hmm. that's when I had to kind of get out of some of the obligations I had. Like, I just thought, well, I'm just going to cruise along and I'm just going to exercise and I'm going to do this and I'm, I'll do this and check, check, check. And mm -hmm. then I'll go in for my surgery on Your the procedure. 16th. Yeah, yes. my procedure. And no big deal. And uh, that was not true. I found like things were starting to fall apart mentally for me. I found it very difficult to tell people about it. I didn't really want to interact with people. And they assigned me a nurse navigator who was a really critical part of the care team. She coordinated the care between the gastro and the surgeon and the hospital and if I needed an oncologist at any point. And I was trying to explain to her, like, I'm supposed to go speak at this conference in Atlanta and I'm supposed to be right now in Santa Fe speaking at a conference and I have to host this cancer support community fundraiser. So that was great. And she said, is it going to add stress to your life? Mm -hmm. Because if it is, you shouldn't do it. Right now, what you need to do is eliminate all the stress and just focus on what you have, the task at hand. That was just to excellent be, advice. Uh -huh. it, it was a life changer because mm -hmm. I was, I could see things were falling apart. I didn't, I wasn't focused on, you know, work. I wasn't responding to emails. I was so freaked out. And I just thought, oh, I'll just go and do all these things. And then no one will have to know. And then I'll just like tuck away and get this procedure. And that was not the case. That's when things got very real for me. And 
Those were the hardest emails I had to write. Like, I have to get out of She Podcast. So I'm sorry, Atlanta. That's why I couldn't come. I had to get out of this other conference. I had to bail on big things and small things and social engagements and things Mm -hmm. like that. Just cleared the calendar. And I was so glad that I did because the last couple of weeks before surgery, I was worthless. I mean, I... (laughs) I was, yeah. you know, not, I was not, I was not, I did not have my act together. I did not have my act together. I, I really and, and struggled. Just like anyone else. Yeah. Your your brain, it's just swimming in your head, right? right? Like all of the possible outcomes. Right. Yeah. Right. So even though the doctor said 90% chance we got it all, that 10%, I would say I was spending 10% of my time thinking about the worst case scenario. Mm-hmm. Like, well, you know, what if there is cancer, a lot more cancer? What if it has metastasized? What if it's in my lymph nodes? Like, all those things you I also didn't want to be so Pollyanna, so super positive that if that happened, then I was going to fall apart after the surgery. I yeah. wanted to be realistic, mm-hmm. but I could not focus on anything else. I was it was a miracle. I made it through some of those shows. Mm-hmm. And even the show the day before the surgery, I thought initially, oh, I'll be able to do that. I'll just be yeah. fine. And like uh, by the first of October, I was like, yeah, you're on your own. Yeah. I cannot. <laughs> Know what I'm thinking. Right. Yeah. Regular you know? listeners right. know we brought Sheila and in. And that was the right decision. Yes, yeah. It was definitely the right, right. decision. Right. And, and, and what I found was that the conversations I had with my friends who had been through cancer were absolutely the most meaningful. Mm-hmm. And you know who you are. Thank you so much, Liz and Susan and Jill. And just they, they all, and Stephanie and Lily, they all said like exactly what I needed to hear. Just fantastic advice that really, you know, made it possible for me to get to that surgery day. Mm-hmm. Okay, so you want to let's take a quick break here. Sure. We want to thank our sponsors. We love them. Then we'll come back and we'll hear about the surgery and the post op and what's changed in your life. We got now we've got like the good news part yeah, of it, right? Right. Okay, we will be right back. We're the Satellite Sisters. Okay, we're back. So, Leon, the day of the surgery, right? What was that like? You know, one of the things I was most worried about was that I was going to be freaked out, that Mm -hmm. I was really going to have a lot of anxiety. I've never had surgery before. Not a fan of blood. Even Mm -hmm. the blood (laughs) blood draw. You know, Mm -hmm. I just, there were so many parts of it I was very anxious about. I was also anxious that I would not survive the surgery because, again, stuff happens. And, you know, I know it's irrational and the guy's done eight zillion of these and he's a top man. But uh, Mm -hmm. I just really felt like, what if I don't survive? So what I had started, what I did in the in the run up to the surgery was I started meditating. I mean, seriously, Liz, I thought I better just find some way to calm myself down when I am in that pre-op. I had to get up at 3.30 in the morning do a couple of terrible things mm-hmm. is the f- <laughs> final part of the of the prep. So we are not going into details. Not going on that. into we can that. Skip over those, Liam. <laughs> they yeah. are unspeakable. What I had to just do. ask your doctor about <laughs> yeah. that, and then be at the be at the Huntington Hospital at five thirty in the morning. And uh, so I hadn't gotten much sleep, and I thought and the surgery was at seven thirty. I thought those two hours may be the most difficult for me. Uh-huh. So I actually just downloaded an app and started meditating prior to the. surgery. Surgery, so I would have like some way to breathe and get through the two hours. That is smart. And uh, my husband brought me. Uh, he's a solid citizen, you know, emotional support companion. 
Not huge. Yes. Not, I mean, he was so good on everything else. Was the garage clean? Yes. yes. <laughs> was the dog walked? Yes. Uh-huh. Did we have our will and trust and medical directive all ship before I went into the hospital? Yes. yes. You yes. know, okay. did he drive quickly to the hospital and drop me off, off at valet, even though he hates to valet park? Yes, he did. But he was sitting in the corner reading Mm -hmm. the paper. I was like, okay, well, I'm just going to meditate. And I'm glad I did that. And then everybody comes in. It's it's a very, if you've ever been in surgery, you know. And the thing is, it's busy. It's super busy. And people are poking and prodding and everyone's talking to you. And they seem psyched and ready to go. And what struck me when I was on the gurney going in was, I was breathing. I was not anxious. And I thought, wait, this is like a movie. Like when you're looking up and you're seeing that shot that's so familiar of people on patients. And two, there was just so much expertise in that room. Like when I went into the surgical room, I'd never been into a surgery room like that. I mean, the robotic arm is a million-dollar piece of equipment that they're using. The doctors, the residents, the anesthesiologists, the excellent nurse team – they had so much experience. I was humbled by the experience. And then then I was out, Liz. Then I don't remember anything. See, and the anesthesia is really working for you now. <laughs> I know. And they said, ironically, afterwards, they said, you take anesthesia very well. So <laughs> sign me up now. I'm on the anesthesia plan. <laughs> So so then I woke up in the hospital and uh, in my hospital room and my son Brooks was there. And I all I, first thing I said was, I made it. I made it through. Aww. And I did. I was just so yeah. grateful to yeah. have made it through the yeah. surgery. Like that was a tremendous worry to me. Yeah. And it would be hard to understate that. So, well, And Julie, you and I know. I mean, we're, Leanne, we're asking you questions yeah. as if we didn't know when all this was yeah. happening. Obviously, some of this we already know. But I know for me anyway, when you came out of surgery and we got a text from you your son Brooks that you right. were that was awesome that you yeah. were good that was just that was very emotional it was yeah it was it's a big relief mm-hmm. yeah we were all worried mm-hmm. yeah. yeah and to hear that to hear yeah. that from your son was just very yeah. sweet he is very good in the hospital. <laughs> he, uh, I would get I would give Brooks uh, sign him up for any post-op team yeah he, he was he's super solid. Good. He was super solid. So, um, so I only spent thirty hours in the hospital. You know, I again, star patient. I uh, my I I recovered really well. I was able to get up and walk around. They try to get all systems going when you're in the hospital. Believe me, that is a big worry because they've just taken out a large part of your digestive and your Uh bowel, your bowels, frankly. That's what they are. And uh, so that's always a worry in any hospital stay. But imagine if they've hacked up your bowels. Like that's a big worry. Um, so, uh, so again, we're not going to go into the details of no. how they get all the system yeah. started again, but yeah, I was so hooked, that's important. I, I can was understand. hooked up to an IV and then they took me off of that within about 12 hours. And I was on some pretty normal pain medication, just Tylenol during the day and some opioids at night. And after about 30 hours, they had done some blood workups. They said, you're free to go. They the resident made it clear, like, we want you out of here. He said, you're not sick. And if you stay here, you could get sick. They want you out because of the infection. That's so, so interesting. I was a little scared because I thought I'd be going home a day later. And I hadn't set up any help. Julie, you were coming in on Saturday, but I was leaving right. Thursday. Uh-huh. So, right. again, my... I know. I was. I, I thought, oh, Leanne's being an overachiever. <laughs> <again>. I know. <laughs> leaving the hospital early. Yeah. I, I wasn't trying. Like, I kind of wanted to yeah. stay, but they were so adamant that I leave. I was like, well, they're the doctors. So I should Mm -hmm. just, so far I've done pretty well doing what the doctors have told me. So I went home 
And then later that day on Friday, I got the call that the biopsy, the pathology was clear for the rest of the colon. Oh, and wow. that was the other huge piece of it. I huge. Mean, a giant relief. Yeah. Call came yeah. late Friday afternoon. My son Brooks was there. I just, that was, I was just so grateful and relieved. And tears. I, yeah, a lot, a lot of tears. Yeah. A lot of tears because that was, I, I tell you, I, this is probably a whole nother show, but I have so much um, admiration for people who, who outlast, who these are long treatments for people, you know, mm-hmm. sorry. Yeah. yeah. You mean if they have to have chemo and radiation yeah. and yeah, what it takes to yeah. get through that. Yeah. I mean, I feel like I made an appointment with cancer. That was the colonoscopy. But other people battle. They're warriors. They're in there. It's years of treatment. They have to do this surgery and recover from that. And then they know they're going into months and months of chemo radiation. And so when they said, I won't need any further treatment, I was just so relieved. Mm -hmm. And again, humbled by the people that do this time and time again. Mm -hmm. I mean, because it just fills up your whole mind space. You can't think of anything else. Of course. It becomes your whole world. So I was hugely relieved, and I think I was riding kind of a wave of adrenaline when Julie showed up, and Uh then I just... (laughs) And then I just when Mary went. Poppins shows up at your door, <laughs> I just hand it all over. I came. I had my bag. I had my, my turkey meatloaf recipe. I was ready to go. Yes. You look you look surprisingly good, Liam, when I arrived. Okay. You were first of all, you were sitting up right. okay? you were in your garden. And uh, and just as you said, I mean, I don't think you had a big reaction to the anesthesia. A lot of people, when they're given anesthesia, it takes them, you know you know, a long time to kind of be clear, but uh, you were pretty clear headed. So uh, I I was starting from a good position. And I think it speaks to all the pre-op prep that you did uh, that just made the uh, second part easier. But yes, I was on deck. I was there. Mm -hmm. uh, And I, I, Liz, I do a sort of, I let the patient lead lead the uh, recovery. So whatever it's a pa- patient-centered <laughs> operation that yeah, you do? Yeah, yeah, that's the way I roll. Uh-huh. You know, whatever Leanne wanted, however she wanted it, whatever she wanted to do, I felt like she was making the right decisions for herself. And so my job yeah. was just to be quiet, keep doing the dishes, and whenever she needed something, I could give that to her. So. Yeah, I'll just say, like, earlier in the year, another member of our family like, had a, a medical procedure, and you also provided the, <laughs> the post-op. So you were, a, you were you had just run through your whole process earlier in the year. So that's why we knew we could just go to Julie. Right. Julie, yeah. Julie's got a process. Yeah. It's sort of a subspecialty I'm developing. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So if you have any more surgery plans, <laughs> brothers and sisters, you better get on my schedule early. That's all I can say. So, uh, you know, leaving the the instructions were, um, first of all, again, what your colon has to do is heal. It's a big part of your digestive tract, right? So, you know, you, you have to eat and you have to, but you have to eat very gently and softly and in a low fiber way. Uh-huh. You want your colon to rest. Mm, so yeah. the key is to not fire it up with a bunch of, you know, insoluble fiber. So... <laughs> So, so there's no big burrito. No, no, no big anything. So, but and you, to be honest, it's kind of terrifying because you think, well, I'm just going to eat one turkey meatball and my colon's going to explode. Oh. So there's a very Julie and I thought I, I, I thought it was going to kill me. I know a couple of times with my the applesauce. I was like so worried. It's like I wonder if the cinnamon is going to do her in. You know, it is. It's. I mean, it was. It's. T- it's 
very tender and touch and go there in the beginning. Right. And it, it, it's a real thing because if you if you eat the wrong thing or too much of it or too fast, then you could have to go back in uh, to clear the blockage oh, in your you colon. you don't want that. No. no. And again, I don't know how they do that. I assume it's like a plumber with a snake. I don't I don't know if that's true. Um, yeah. But so I was on one of, you know, bananas, rice, you know, buttered noodles. When I could eat the turkey meatball, that was like a giant step up. Uh, only herbal tea, no caffeine, obviously no wine, nothing like that. Uh, so it's a pretty specialized diet for six weeks. Uh-huh. Uh, and I'm about a month into it now, and I'm able to eat now cooked vegetables, like cooked spinach, stewed tomatoes. I'm bringing them back like it's 1972. <laughs> I mean, that, I have rediscovered my love of stewed tomatoes. Uh-huh. But anything that you think of as good for you or healthy, I cannot eat a lot of that. I can't eat raw vegetables, salads, raw fruit, nuts, seeds, whole wheat. Anything like that is just too much for my colon to handle right now. And for how long will that go on? Are there certain things that you'll never be able to eat again? You know, Liz, I met with the nutritionist last week, an oncology nutritionist at the Huntington. I'm I just b- big believer in using all the people at the cancer center. And <laughs> yes. um, yeah, there it's possible that there's some things I never get used to again. Uh-huh. Uh, nuts and seeds are like really tough. Uh-huh. So that one may be... I, I'm terrified to try it. Like, that could be six months before I try that. Yeah. My friend Stephanie, who went through this, said it was six months before she ate a salad. Oh. You know, so you really just have to go gingerly. I can only introduce, like, one or two things a week, which is not a huge volume of stuff. So, um Things you, you were having a cracker here. This- but you have always loved food. You've loved to cook food, a wide variety of food. So this is this has been a big change for you, Leah. It's a change for me. It's but you know the good news and bad news is that the diet I e- was eating was a pretty good pre. It's like the diet I'm supposed to get to. You know, plant based. I do a lot of my own cooking. I don't eat a lot of processed food. Uh, I use organic vegetables. I use organic meat, organic dairy products. So. It's all good if I can get to it, but it's going to take me six months at least to get to it. Mm -hmm. Like a friend said, can I bring you some enchiladas the other day? I was like, that would kill me. That (laughs) do not. I think that would kill me. I mean, I don't think it literally would kill me, but I was like, no, don't bring me spicy enchiladas. What are you kidding? (laughs) People just want to know what they can do. You know, that's what's so hard. I I know. I mean. But, I'm but re- I mean, the caregiver or your husband would have loved the uh, <laughs> Yes, <laughs> you got yeah. some nice things. People did. It, 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 I had a lot of great support. So, but essentially, it's a clear my activity. I can't do any abdominal work. I am walking. My doctor got me up right away, walking, uh-huh. and then sitting up. He didn't want me in bed unless I was sleeping. Julie was there. Like, after every time I ate, I'd have to walk around the house to have it work through uh-huh. the system. Mm-hmm. And when I say work through the system, I mean, you can freaking see it working through the system. Really? It's like a snake who eats a mouse. <laughs> like, you eat a banana? You eat a banana? It's just, that's what I mean. It's terrifying. And then I know that my surgical wounds will become tiny scars, but, Julie, they were stab wounds, were they not? Yeah, they were. You had six stab wounds yeah. in your belly. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, it looked like I had been attacked, and I was swollen. I mean, it's you're bloated, you're swollen. Uh-huh. Like, there's a banana going through your colon. I mean, it's it's pretty terrifying. You feel very vulnerable and 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 then I was just exhausted. I was yes. exhausted while Julie was there. And gradually I've gotten more energy and I can laugh now without it hurting. I 
I moved from walking around the house to walking outside. Julie mm-hmm. can attest. I was just wandering around the backyard trying to get, you know, miles. She looked, in she looked like kind of a crazy woman, but yeah. it was working. You know, yeah. But that way, she didn't want to be out on the street. She yeah. wasn't ready for that yet, Liz. Yeah, you know, yeah. she wasn't ready to like bump into neighbors and or dogs. I mean, she needed to really be quiet and rest. And right. You were a very good patient. Like, yeah. Yeah. yeah I, I couldn't. I would occasionally, I had directed some people to be head of communications to various groups of people. Like yeah. Sheila was taking care of my friends out of town. Uh, my friend Louise was taking care of my college friends. Julie, you were on the family. My friend mm-hmm. Sally was in charge of local people. I would send like one text and then they would disseminate. And I just sent people like, do not call me. I, I couldn't talk on the phone. I just, I wasn't making a whole lot of sense. I wasn't on the painkillers all the time, just a couple of nights at night. But I just, I just really Well, you just need to, to conserve your energy. Yeah. It, it's ex- for healing. Right. It's, it was exhausting. I did laugh every time I looked at my discharge um, instructions because it said, like, limit your activities. And one was no contact sports. <laughs> every time. Some people like, have to be told that. Uh, yeah. <laughs> okay. I guess they can't take anything for granted. Oh, my gosh. So, you know, what's ahead? I just had a a very good um, appointment last week with my surgeon. And he said, I look great. I'm recovering really well. Um, uh, And that um, I'll end up seeing the surgeon every three months for about a year, Uh which kind of surprised me. Um, And then he said, now what we're going to do is actually recommend you to a medical oncologist. Prior to the surgery, I had not seen an oncologist. I'd seen the gastroenterologist and the surgeon. But because I didn't look like I was going to need any follow-up care, like that's what they thought, they don't, they don't send you to an oncologist unless they need to. But he said, you know, 25 years ago, we probably wouldn't have sent you to an oncologist with a stage one cancer. You know, it would be oh, early detection. You'd be on your own. But then you have no one really minding the store in terms of watching for cancer. Not your primary, not your gastro. You stop seeing the surgeon. And he said, and it can recur. You know, it's a uh-huh. tiny percentage for me based on my stage and my age and, you know, my general overall health. But it's not an impossibility. So I so I said, yeah, sign me up for the medical oncologist. So I'll meet with her and a couple of they're arranging the appointment now. And that also gives me the opportunity to ask about genetic testing and what I should tell Brooks and Colin, because that is a direct genetic link. Uh, I am their mother okay. and I gave birth to them. So that's a direct link. And they might have to start getting and probably will start getting colonoscopies much, much earlier than, mm-hmm. you know, recommended. Okay. So I would also like to know to the know. results yeah. of your genetic I testing. will tell. I will ask about you people. But <laughs> we are directly related. <laughs> yes. But I know you did not give birth to me. Yes. But, but that's, we are. But I, I just <laughs> want to. for clarifying that. <laughs> just a, I don't want to be confusing for new listeners. Again, I just, I just want to be clear, though. The gastro said, if your aunt got it and your mother didn't get it and she lived to be 85, then there's probably no genetic link. You know, okay. people can uh, get it. Just get it. Like, I mean, sure. that's, you know, he said it's probably just coincidence. You both had bad luck. Like whatever it was, you know, it's not necessarily a genetic component. Okay. But I will ask on your behalf. Sure. Thank you. Just, <laughs> just say my siblings would like to know what this does to their okay. chances. Okay. Uh, so. Um, but can I just say, yeah. I don't want to interrupt your flow here, but like the moment. We got all of this news from you and we were talking about it. I realized, oh, you know, 
it's been about 10 years since I've had my last colonoscopy. So I'm 62. I'm eight years older than you are. So I immediately went. So I have an appointment for two weeks. I'm getting, I, I emailed my doctor. I'm like, I must be about due, right? And she said, exactly. I was going to remind you next month. So I made the appointment, Leanne. In your honor, Good. the appointment is made. Good. Again, Good. I just keep going back to that. I, I, I just could have not right. done that. Right. And it just could have gotten much worse. There's no other right. way to say it. So, you know, medically, I'm going to be in the hands of this oncologist and I'm going to stay on top of things. I have to get another colonoscopy in a, in a year in August, next August. Um, whether I'll need CAT scans and blood tests, that will be something that the oncologist decides. Uh, but I like to know that someone's looking over that. You know, physically, um, what do I have to do? I have to you know, be in shape and exercise for the rest of my life, right? Damn it. Why is that always the answer? (laughs) I I mean, it's nothing we all don't know, but the list of things I have to do, I'm like, yeah, I knew I was supposed to do that already. Be as lean as possible without becoming underweight. Well, no chance of that. Uh, Physically active for 30 minutes. Avoid sugary drinks. um, Eat a variety of vegetables, fruits. Limit consumption of red meats. Mm-hmm. So I would like to call BS on the pork industry. Really? Why? I did not know the pork industry. Pork was a red meat. Well, no. Right. It's I the, almost served you a pork tenderloin. Yeah. Right, yeah. And but we, isn't it? The, it's marketed we, as the other white meat. So that's just a big old lie. It's a lie. It's a red meat. So because I was thinking, oh, the pork tenderloin. Yeah, that's nice and tender. That would taste good. And then I like looked it up. I'm like, that pork is a red meat. We've, we've been okay. hoodwinked. So... <laughs> Uh, avoid processed meats. And, you know, you think you don't eat any, but sure, I, I get deli turkey all the time. Oh, That's yeah. gone. Uh, so how about prosciutto ham? Oh, wow. Gone. It doesn't matter how high end, how expensive it is. <laughs> Honey baked ham? Gone. You know, really? like just she said. You, well, you've had quite you've had quite a bit of honey. Baked I know, I know. You've had a lifetime of honey baked ham, Leon. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I have to limit my alcoholic drinks to one a day for women. I mean, I haven't had any in a while. Sure. And then the the nutritionist did say, don't drink all seven on one day. So that's just good <laughs> advice. That's always good advice. <laughs> How about coffee? Can you go uh, back to coffee? Yeah, I'm back at half calf. Uh, you mm-hmm. know, caffeine is the stimulant. So you have to be careful there. You know, you want a little, a little is good. A lot is not. So one and a half cups of half-calf coffee a day. And I'm totally fine with that. And uh, you saw me. I came in today with a, a decaffeinated latte. I'm like, this is ridiculous. I'm not going <laughs> to drink this anymore. <laughs> That's a, just a waste. Forget it. That's a waste of money and whatever. <laughs> I'm just drinking a lot of herbal tea, a lot of that. And uh, and limit consumption of salty foods and processed foods. Okay. So it's all the things we know, but I really have to do it now because it's my colon. You mm-hmm. know, it's so nothing's going to kill me if I have an ice cream sundae, but it's yeah. not a great idea to have an ice cream sundae, you know. And that would even now would be six weeks. Uh-huh. And then, you know, mentally, I just want to figure out how not to think about it all the time. You know, and that's yeah. harder. That, that will be harder, you know, as I... Because it's just implanted this fear in your yeah, brain now? just, you know, it's... There's a reason that you're not called a survivor until after five years. And and there's there's a waiting period now. And that's what I mean. Like, when I think of people who are in much more dire straits who live yeah. scan to scan, I don't know how yeah. they do it. Mm-hmm. It just must be so tough emotionally and mentally. Because I I just feel like I 
as my friend Lily said, you have the good cancer. And that's true. I had the good cancer, but I, it's hard. So I'm actually going to go to a therapeutic yoga for cancer uh, class. Oh. I signed up to do that. That's through the Hospital Cancer Center. And I'm going to do that. I think that's a place for me to start. Um, I started to I went to chair yoga this week. I got cleared for chair yoga. And at the end of uh-huh. class, at the end of class, I just started sobbing. So that was <laughs> oh. good. So oh. yeah, oh. sobbing. Still a lot of emotions so- around all of this. Yeah, just a lot. Oh. You know, I was so happy to be back. Yeah. You know, yeah. I just didn't know. Yeah. And so and not to be overly dramatic, but you don't know and yeah. you really don't. And yeah. I've been taking yoga for decades and they all those teachers say at the end, oh, it's just such an honor and a privilege to be here practicing. And for years I've been like, yeah, whatever. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> namaste. Uh, yeah. Uh, namaste. All you day. know, and like that, that's all I could think about was, oh, my gosh, it is a privilege to be here. Yeah. yeah. So. I mean, right after the surgery, you couldn't imagine going back to yoga. You didn't no. see that, you know, no. you've been real. And no. so you, you're making all these uh, good, small steps, Leanne. Yeah, you know? that's what I'm trying to do. Be patient with it. I really have cleared my calendar. I have a little bit of work to do, but not a lot. I haven't done any social things. I, I, I just really from here until Christmas, I just would like to recover and regain my strength and just do the things that are positive and add to my recovery. So mm-hmm. I'm trying to do that. So and then I've just gotten incredible support from family and friends. So mm-hmm. Okay, we're going to take a little break now. We're going to come back. We can talk about that. Yeah. You also have, we always spend our third segment talking about, like, media we are enjoying of yeah. all kinds. You have some special selections yes. yeah. that have helped you through right. this time. Yeah. We also have an assignment for everyone who's listening. Yes. You know, like what what we would recommend that you do. Uh, and then we'll just wrap it up. So we're the Satellite Sisters. Stay with us. Okay, we're back. In Entertaining Sisters, normally we're like debating, okay, which streaming service should I uh, subscribe to now that everyone has <laughs> Yeah. But it's, we're going to it's going to be a little more thoughtful today, Leon. You have some media suggestions, uh, things that were helpful to you as you were going through this whole uh, surgery and the, the drama around the cancer diagnosis. Right. I want to reiterate first of all, like do not Google blah, 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 cancer, and just pick any site to go to. I can't tell you enough how some of that information is just not helpful. Mm -hmm. So uh, at SatelliteSisters.com, you'll see I recommend the American Cancer Society, the Colorectal Cancer uh, Group. There's a a couple of sites that I recommend. That's at SatelliteSisters.com. So Mm -hmm. that's just a blanket. And you know what? Even if you have a family or friend who is going through cancer, I would recommend going there first, especially before you offer up any medical advice, but just in general. There's a lot of information there. So if you're actually interested in what they're going through, you can be prepared so you won't have to maybe answer, ask a zillion questions. I would recommend that. There's off at the American Cancer Society. There's a whole list of things you can do for people that is very helpful. And it's right there at the, you know, go to an official site. That's something you can do for your friends and your family who are going through something. Get information. I guess it is hard for people because they want to talk to you about it. If they ask you all the questions, that just becomes exhausting for you to keep answering their questions. Yeah, it's draining. And mm-hmm. it, and it's again, it is a hundred percent natural, but yeah. you know, having a background of information would be good. So that's what I did first of all. There were a couple of podcasts that really helped me through, so I wanted to mention that sort of figure out what was happening, how to deal with it. The first is terrible. Thanks for asking. 
I don't know if you've ever listened. <laughs> I've heard of that, but I've never <laughs> That's listened such to a it. Great title. It's a fantastic title, and it's it's hosted by Nora McInerney. She is a very talented writer and very funny and very thoughtful. But she lost her husband to stage cancer uh, to stage four brain cancer at like. 35, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, so, and then she's remarried. So she does this whole series. It's about people going through terrible things. So mm-hmm. the idea is like when people ask you, how are you? And your answer is really terrible. Thanks for asking. So it doesn't sound like it would be uplifting. And some of the episodes are hard, but it was very helpful. There okay. are a lot of episodes about cancer, but then there are also just a lot of episodes about other really tough things that people go through. And she's very thoughtful and very funny. And they managed to put together just a really lovely show. Okay. And we'll have links to all of this in our show notes. So if you're driving, Don't worry about it. It's all going to be – you can just swipe the app and you'll see it all there. And then the other podcast I listen to, which is super thoughtful, is Everything Happens. It's hosted by Kate Bowler, who is a divinity professor and a reverend. But she was also, at 35, diagnosed with stage 4 colon cancer, which is a very, very bad diagnosis. Mm -hmm. She's the mother of a couple of kids, and she has a very thoughtful podcast on really tough issues. So guests have been, you know, everyone from Alan Alda to the Surgeon General talking about loneliness to Sister Helen Prejean, who is a very powerful podcast. So I just found that that podcast very spiritually uplifting. So I would recommend that one. Okay. Everything happens. And then uh, the books, a nurse friend of mine recommended um, Rebecca Katz's cookbook. I guess she's a real leader in the idea of food as medicine. She's been writing about it for 20 years. Her The Cancer Fighting Kitchen was a best-selling cookbook 15 years ago, and she's just uh, she's just redone it. And her website is RebeccaCats.com. There's a lot of good nutritional information there, and there's a lot of free recipes there, including one for what she calls her magical mineral broth. Mm. And that is a very mineral and vitamin-rich broth that would be a great gift to someone going through anything. I made up a couple of pots before I had surgery and was able to eat that in the week before I went into surgery and then had it afterwards. It's delicious, but she has a ton of good recipes there and books for sale and things like that. A lot of information there. Uh, The app I mentioned, I use the Calm app to do the meditation. It's for loser beginners like me. You don't have to be (laughs) fancy. There's a free piece of it. I ended up paying for a subscription for a year because I found it so helpful. There are there are meditations for all kinds of things, for healing, for gratitude, for sleep, for college kids, for workplace scenarios. You know, you can do them for five minutes, 10 minutes, 30 minutes. Nothing is super complicated. There's even meditations I listen to walking now. I've actually find it super duper helpful. And again, I only do 10 minutes. I'm not, <laughs> I don't, I, I don't, I'm not, uh, you know, I'm not. You're not, I'm not two hours on no. the cushion? No. No, and I I refuse to sit up. I'm lying down every time. I don't I don't care what they tell me. But uh that's it. Our delightful post-op TV shows when Julie was there, I was happy to introduce her to the Great British Baking Show. We really enjoyed it, didn't we, Jill? Yeah, we did, Liam. You know, it was so relaxing. It's a competition, but it's not competitive, yeah. you know? And it was very peaceful. And you did need to rest a lot. Yes. And so you were very good at napping. But even when you weren't napping, by the end of the day, you were tired. Yes. So a couple of episodes of uh, the Great British Baking uh, Bake Off were 
just what the doctor ordered. Yeah, perfect. Uh, we also enjoyed At Home with Valerie, Valerie's Bertinelli's yeah. cooking show. She is surprised. She has a cooking show? She's great. Yeah, over there yeah, but the we had now. to limit that, Leanne, because she was the, the, they were so delicious, the recipes. Yes. I think it was making us a little hungry. Yeah. And, you know, and you were just eating applesauce and yeah. bananas and, and white rice. It was hey. making you a little bit sad. I had to, like, limit your Valerie uh, episodes. Yeah. I went back to some classics. I rewatched the entire 1995 original Pride and Prejudice, oh. uh, the BBC version with Colin Firth. I mean, that's worth a rewatch. Mm-hmm. That was great. If you ever are struggling with, like, a will to live, yeah, watch that. <laughs> yeah. That's Colin Firth. Yeah. Reason, reason enough to stick with it. The BBC also did a version of Emma, much better than the Gwyneth Paltrow movie. Much uh-huh. better. I enjoyed rewatching that. And then the TV show Four Weddings and a Funeral uh, over at Hulu that Mindy Kaling did, that's a fantastic recovery thing. Okay. I could even... recommended that while you were, while you were on hiatus. Yes. yes. Oh, okay. That is excellent. Yeah. I couldn't even really, like, I couldn't read. I, I was having a hard time focusing and stuff like that. Uh-huh. So you think you're going to get a lot of books done. I just didn't. I could listen to podcasts and watch a lot of Netflix. <laughs> so those okay. are those are my recommendations. But, again, I just want to thank my family and friends for their support. I mean, it was key. It was just, it was, you know, emotional support, great tax. My college friends all got together. They sent a cavalcade of cards. I got like six cards every day oh, for a week, so like funny cards with a lot of toilet humor, and that is totally <laughs> fine. People showed up with applesauce and coffee and blankets and holiday. Some delicious soup. You got, you got I got a got lot of delicious. good soup. Yeah. Mm. A lot. Of, I got a holiday centerpiece that was unexpected. Oh, yeah. you know, I'll take it. I have so many orchids. I feel like I live in Thailand. <laughs> that was lovely. Julie did a fantastic job decorating my front porch. Like I couldn't even do that beforehand. I just couldn't get to the what happens after. Yeah. And yeah. Julie, Julie, you are so full yeah, service. Yeah, pumpkins and yeah, mums. I did that. But, you know, not too much because I know how much Leon likes to decorate. Yeah. So I didn't want to, like, again, you don't want to create commotion over there. But mm-hmm. I did. we did get a little fall tableau going on your front steps. Yeah. And I think that uh, cheered you up. Yeah. yeah it's, well, it's still getting rave reviews. And now I have friends coming over every afternoon to walk with me because I can't yeah. handle the dog because she's so big. Oh, yeah. I have my abs yet. Um, and so just taking a two mile walk now and they take the dog and we just walk around the neighborhood and talk, which is really nice. It's nice to get out of the backyard. Mm-hmm. So that's that's it. And then many, many thanks for all the lovely messages on the Satellite Sisters Facebook page. Mm-hmm. Very, very touching. Incredibly touching. So yeah. uh, Leon, Leon wrote a blog post yesterday at SatelliteSisters.com. And then it was shared to the Satellite Sisters Facebook group. So, yeah, many, many people responded already just with, you know, support for you, but also some of their own stories about having gone through this, too. It's just it's an important thing to share about. Right. I mean, that's I mean, you really debated like how much you wanted to talk about it now. Like When were you ready? What did you want to say? And just decided to go full on telling your story. Because you think it's so important that people just go, there's a screening test that can save your life. Yeah. I mean, colon cancer actually has a a slogan, which I like. Being a writer, I like that. Uh It says, preventable, treatable, beatable. Oh, So, And that's something to remember, but you have to start with the screening. And I... I, I just, again, I feel like I owe Kara and Satellite Sisters everywhere who who are bugging their friends and nagging their friends to get the colonoscopy to do it. Yeah. I'm just so grateful that it was the final push I needed and made a huge, huge difference in my prognosis. Mm-hmm. Huge. 
huge. So this, we think, might be our most shareable show ever. We always tell you, like, yeah, share Satellite Sisters with your friends. Go ahead. But, you know, this is one that's worth spreading around, and there are lots of ways you can do that. If you're listening on a podcast app like Apple Podcasts or Stitcher or Spotify, they all have share functions. Uh, Leon's complete story, as I said, the blog post went up at Satellite Sisters yesterday. We will add this audio link to it today. So if you go to SatelliteSisters.com, you can just send that to any of your Satellite Sisters and Misters. Just as you kept saying in your notes, Leon, like, people just need the nudge. And maybe right. they need another nudge. Right. <laughs> just like, it's okay. This is one thing where right. it's really worth nagging your friends about. So we say... And certain groups, uh, I mean, again, not a doctor, but if you're African-American, there's a higher risk of colon cancer, you know, and uh, now new, the American Cancer Society thinks you should start at 45. So really? 50 is the conventional wisdom, mm. but there are plenty of reasons, say you have anemia, like there are plenty of reasons to start earlier. So, so... Okay. More people may need a nudge than you think. Mm -hmm. So you have our permission to nudge all yep. of your satellite sisters and misters, and if they push back, you can just tell them that we made them. We made you do it. Yeah. Okay. It's a, we're <laughs> we're totally okay if if you blame us. And at satellitesisters.com, we also have all of the links to the important resources that Leon mentioned, the various uh, legitimate sources of information about cancer that you may want to turn to. So, well, we are. That's so happy yes. to have you back on the ha show. Happy Leanne. to be yeah. back on the show. Yeah. Yep. Very happy yeah. to be here and and to be able to share this. Mm -hmm. Very happy. And that's pretty dorky, but that's the way I feel. Yeah. <laughs> yep. Grateful and relieved. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And so are we. So on that note, we want to thank our engineer, Sergio Enriquez, in the booth, always taking good care of us, making us sound good. Our sponsors today, please support our sponsors because they support us. And uh, and don't forget, we're the Satellite Sisters. Call and nudge your Satellite Sisters. <laughs>